Thanks for tuning into the Refuge Church Sermon Podcast. It's our prayer that the Spirit would use God's Word to stir your affections for Christ during this time. While we're glad to provide this online content, please remember that it's not intended to replace commitment and connection within a local church family. Now, here's this week's message. All right. As Joel mentioned early at the beginning, we today's going to look the rest of today's going to look different than normal. Uh, we're not going to have a sermon. We're going to spend some time instead uh, reflecting on the sort of the Christmas story and some of the, the, the folks that immediately had to respond to it, and then uh, spending some time uh, in our own hearts reflecting uh, and meditating on what this what this means and how we can respond to the God of the universe entering into to our world. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, this week I've just been swimming in a giant sea of uncertainty full of cheese and summer sausage and cookies, and I, I wasn't even sure what day it was yesterday until I was reminded, hey, tomorrow's Sunday, you should be ready for that. So, uh, so here we are, and I'm going to assume that you are in some, you've experienced some of that uh, this week uh, between family things and, and church things and various things. So uh, today, uh, I wanted to, especially for me too, to slow down and take some time to reflect on this thing we call the Incarnation. Um, because it's a, it's a ridiculous thing that the God of the universe would enter in, and we have to respond to, we're called to respond to it in some way. Uh, so if you love the Christmas season and you can't get enough of all of the, all of the things that go with it, um, then today is for you. My hope that today you'll be able to see that the God who's broken through all of our presumptions and traditions and nostalgia to enter into his creation in a way that we never expected. If you are more like me, weary and tired of this Christmas season, and are ready to just get back to normal or be left alone, then today is also for you. Uh, My hope is that you will be able to see the God who enters into our loneliness, our anxiety, and even our deep despair to bring his eternal light and hope. Uh, And this is the overall truth with which we are confronted in the incarnation. God has become part of his creation in the person of Jesus And we rejoice. So how do we respond to this incarnated Jesus? We're going to look at five biblical encounters this morning to the responses of this, to this truth of the incarnation. One bad response and then four good responses. Uh, So things are going to be different. We're going to sing some songs. We're going to pray out loud together. We're going to have some times of reflection that may be awkward, but it's the hope is that it's a chance for you to, uh, to pray, to have some times of meditation. Uh, and for all of us that we can allow the truth of this, of the incarnation to transform our minds, our thoughts, our hearts, our wills, our desires, and even our affections, uh, and move us ultimately towards mission uh, of loving one another, uh, even as Christ has loved us. So, with that, we will jump in. The first response that we uh, will focus on today is Herod the king, who responded in fear to the incarnation. Matthew chapter 2, it says this, Many are familiar. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. But later on in Matthew writes, Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious 
And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the, to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. And then it was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. So Herod was afraid of losing his power and his authority. He was afraid of losing his own kingdom. The fulfilling of the prophecy of the arrival of a new king was a threat to his rule. And so he thought to end this threat. Many times we are afraid of losing our own power and the material possessions over which we think we have control. Often we confess with our mouths that we worship God, but our minds and our hearts are selfish, worshiping ourselves as God, and we build our own kingdoms. We're afraid of losing the kingdom where we are in charge. So let's start today by praying this prayer of confession together. Let's pray this together. God of love, all year long, we pursue power and money, and yet you come in weakness. All season long, we covet great material gifts when you alone offer what is lasting. Through the work of this Lord Jesus, who comes among us full of grace and truth, forgive us, heal us, correct us. Then open our lips that we may sing your praise with the angels and remake our lives, that we may witness to your transforming love through Christ our Lord. Amen. So then how should we respond, if not in fear, to the coming of this King? Look, we're going to look at four biblical encounters with the truth of the incarnation of Jesus, the God-man who's come to be with his people. This truth impacts all areas of life, and those who are first to behold this Jesus give us valuable insight from their own lives. The first the encounter Jesus that we look at today is the Magi, the wise men, responding to the, who respond to the incarnation in worship. Matthew chapter 2 again. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born, the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come, come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And after listening to the king, to King Herod, they went on their way. And behold, the star where they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him. They opened their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Romans 1 tells us that God's eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. 
These magi, or wise men as we often call them, have studied God's creation along with his word, and they've discovered a marvelous truth of the God of the universe. The king of kings was about to be born. Their discovery was so significant that it prompted them to journey for months on end to a foreign land in search of the king of a prophecy that was now coming to pass. The Jews assumed that the Messiah would be born to rescue the Jews, but these men were pagans, Gentiles who were not part of the people of God. And yet, God chose to make himself known to them. As far as we know, they were not keepers of the Jewish law, they did not practice Jewish traditions, and they did not participate in the sacrificial ceremonies for the forgiveness of sins. And yet, they were drawn to worship the incarnate king. We, too, have been grafted into the people of God because of Jesus, as Paul talks about in Acts 15. We practice responding to the incarnation in worship by continuing to sing of the truth of the God who has come to be with his people.
couple of stories in the Bible that we don't hear very often that are right around this uh, story of the coming of Christ. Uh, one of those is a story of a man named Simeon who was at the temple uh, who responded to the incarnation in reflection. Luke 2, he writes this. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said this, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation and you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And Jesus' father and mother marveled at what, he, what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Simeon, this man, has seen the already not but not yet fulfilled in the birth of the promised Messiah. He's even held the promised Messiah in his own hands, but he will not see the final moments of his death and resurrection. As believers, even later in time, we have, we have even more, we've seen even more the already of what God has done in his word. But we recognize that there is so much that is not yet. So let's take a few minutes to reflect. You can close your eyes if you wish uh, to think and pray. When you look back over the last week or month or year, where do you see God's already faithfulness in action? When you look at the present, what are you holding on to as not yet completed, whether on a grand scale across the world or something small in your own life? As we think honestly, how do you see yourself in light of the incarnation? Are you one who's deserving of rescue or perhaps unworthy that the Savior would come for you? Let me close this time in prayer. God, we praise you for fulfilling your promises, especially in Jesus. May we stand in complete awe 
that the Savior would enter into this world to become like us and that he would ultimately give himself to rescue us. Amen. We continue to sing a song that's based out of the beginning of Hebrews chapter 1. It says this, Long ago, but many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. We continue to sing those words in song form. Incarnated for our relief. 
another person who had an early encounter with this incarnate God, was a woman named Anna who was recognized as a prophetess. And she responded to the incarnation uh, in community, is what we see in her encounter. In Luke 2, he writes, And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband 70 years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna had been a widow for decades and yet chose to be an active, faithful participant in the community of God's people. If you came to the temple in Jerusalem, Anna would be there praying, worshiping, and perhaps speaking an encouraging word from the Lord. Luke even grants her the title of prophetess. Year after year, the people of God would gather for various festivals and rituals, and Anna would be there daily, praying and speaking. God would use her to minister to his people in ways that we don't know. We, too, have been placed within the people of God. He's given us a family that is superior to our biological connections, our marriage or our singleness, or our ability to have children, or even our natural skills and ability to generate worldly success. Let's pray this prayer together as one of community. Lord, our God, we thank you for your word and your spirit, through which we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. May we who have confessed your name today never cease to wonder at what you have done for us. Help us to continue firmly in the faith, to bear witness with your love, and to let the Holy Spirit shape our lives. Take us, Good Shepherd, into your care that we may loyally endure opposition, we may face as we serve you. May we all your children live together in the joy and the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. I like that prayer. I should have said it before because it focuses on we. It's not just help me. It's help we, the people of God. This next song we're going to sing continues to emphasize that idea of the Son of God coming down, not just for me, but for us as his people.
often overlooked characters in the story of Christ coming is Joseph. Uh, and here we see him responding to the incarnation in mission or action. Just a couple of passages that talk about, uh, about him. Matthew 2, uh, Matthew writes, And now when they, the shepherds, had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. And remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child and to destroy him. And so he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. And then later in Matthew we see this. And then when Herod died, behold an angel of the Lord appeared again in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. And when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream to withdraw to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, and what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He, is, he shall be called a Nazarene. Joseph endured the ridicule and the shame of others, but he took Mary to be his wife despite her already being pregnant. He faithfully led Mary through the hazardous journey to Bethlehem, leaving behind his career and his hard-earned reputation as a carpenter without knowing when or even if he would ever return. He adopted Jesus as his own son, even though this tiny face will never bear a biological resemblance to his own. However, Joseph's call to faithfulness is not over, even after Jesus is born, as we just read. In these passages, we see that God calls Joseph not just to endure, 
but to respond with action. God asks us to love, but we walk away from neighbors in need, wrapped in our own self-concern. We often condone evil or prejudice or warfare or greed. So we're going to take just a minute to reflect here. If you, again, want to close your eyes, bow your heads uh, to spend a few moments. God has called us to respond in action or mission. Where have we failed to act in our call to faithfulness? God, we know your truth. We participate in the community of believers, and we even see our own hearts softening, and yet we often fail to act. We fail to meet the physical needs of others. We fail to speak words of encouragement or instruction. Sometimes we fail to fight against evil and injustice. So let us ask for forgiveness for our inaction. God of grace, as you come to us in mercy, we repent in spirit and truth, and we gratefully receive your forgiveness. And now let us pray that God would move us to action as we respond to him. Change our hearts and our affections. God, help us to desire the things that you desire. Help us to love the things and especially the people that you love in tangible ways. Grant us the grace to die daily to sin and to rise daily to new life in Christ. Amen. We continue to sing of God's great love that has come to us in the person of Jesus, which we are then called to give to the world. Uh, sacrificial love as we see demonstrated in the life of Christ.
So those are ways that some of the people that first encountered Jesus responded. How do we respond? The coming of Jesus into the world is indeed good news. The prophet Isaiah writes about it this way in Isaiah 9. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And John the disciple, oh, yeah, we'll skip that part. Uh, John the disciple writes about it this way, and we can read this one together, I think. Let's go to the next one. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Let me pray over this as we close this time. Lord, may we receive you as we would receive a precious gift. May we believe in the name of Jesus as the God-made flesh who has come to dwell with us and give us life. May we put off the old self and put on the new self, which is empowered by your spirit that dwells within us. Amen. Building our identity in Christ for the sake of the world. That's the mission of Refuge Church. For more information, visit us online at seekrefuge.net.